Glad that you're here this morning. I want to give a welcome to you to our online audience, especially to a couple of very special friends of mine back in Pennsylvania. Glad that you guys are joining us online again today, too. Um, how many of you, I read a poster some years ago, and I just thought it was so funny. Um, it said, have you ever felt like a fire hydrant and all your friends were dogs? How many would say, I felt like that at times? Yeah, yeah, some of you, you're going to get that about 2 o'clock this afternoon. That's going to come to you. Most of you aware, I, I, uh, I've been writing uh, devotionals for a few years now, and, and, uh, and I'm just about to publish my very first book that'll come out here in mid-August to September, and it's all now actually with the editor and the publisher. And um, the publisher asked me if I would contact uh, a few of my friends in ministry who read the devotionals uh, to write endorsements to put on the back of the book. And so I thought through uh, who might be some people that I know follow me either on Facebook or get the emails and might write uh, an endorsement for me. And um, <laughs> if you've got friends like I do, uh, it's always a little bit of an adventure because you're never quite sure what they're going to say, but I told them to be nice. Um, one, of my, <laughs> one of my good friends who is a young man that um, is back east that pastors a large church that I do mentoring work with, uh, he sent, he sent his, when I, after I asked him, he said, I'd be thrilled to do that. And he sent me an email and he said, how does this sound? Steve Childs is a great man. Behind every great man is a great woman. Wanda Childs is actually the brains of the operation. <laughs> and her words in this devotional are sure to take you into deeper experiences with God. <laughs> Boy, with friends like that, who needs enemies, huh? <laughs> well, I, I, I thought about that when I was, getting, when I was working on a message this week. We're, we launched this series last week called Clichés, Half-Truths, and Lies that we sometimes believe. And we're just looking at things that are kind of passed as sayings around in our faith. Uh, and sometimes they're uh, not really true. Uh, sometimes they're a little true, and sometimes there's really no truth to them at all. And we've been talking about that. We just kicked this off last week. Well, I thought about that when I when I got that when I got that email from him because he says behind every great man is a great woman. Now, is that true? Yes. <laughs> Melba says yes. It's sometimes true. Can we agree on that? It's sometimes true, but it's not necessarily all the times. True. Certainly, I have a great woman behind me, but Wanda does not write my devotionals. I'll, I'll, I'll go on that, even though she's not here to hear that compliment today. Um, but I, I thought about that one this week because the, the cliche I want to talk about today is one of those, is there some truth to it? Yes, but is it always true? No. Uh, I want to unpack that for you. So if you have your sermon outline, you want to take that out and track along, you can do that. Um, we'll throw it up on screen. We want to talk today about this cliche that we've heard that says, God helps those who help themselves. How many of you have ever heard that before? Yeah. Is that true? Don't be afraid of being wrong. You can answer. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's sometimes true. It does God. And I, I want to unpack that on, on your outline. I want to pack that because when I was thinking about that cliche, I thought, you know what? There really is some truth to that. And we don't want to, we don't want to blow right by that because the truth in that statement is, is a few things. One, um, God does, God does require diligence from us. Um, in other words, uh, the Bible is real clear that God gives us gifts and abilities he gives us opportunities, and God expects us 
that to, to use those gifts and abilities. Amen? I mean, that's, I think that's one of the things when we think about giving an account to God that we have to think about is, you know what? God, God gave us life. He gave us these opportunities. He gave us his gifts. And quite frankly, he expects us to, to engage with those. In fact, the scripture reference here from uh, Colossians 3.23 says, serve with your whole heart as though you were serving God and not people. Um, look at me for a second. Work is a gift. Would you say that with me? Work is a gift. Okay, now let's say it like we mean it. Work is a gift. And it really is. Um, you know, if we have the opportunity to work, whether it's a vocational work or an opportunity, that's a gift from God. And, and he expects us to be diligent with that. Um, also, God expects fruitfulness with that. Uh, God not only um, requires diligence, but he also expects fruitfulness. In other words, God doesn't want us to just show up to whatever it is that he's given to us, whether it's our employment that we serve at, whether it's our opportunity to serve in the church as a small group leader or, or a teacher or in those capacities. God expects us to, to do it with our whole heart and do it in a way that will bear fruit. Uh, in fact, again, I love the scripture reference from Matthew chapter 25 where Jesus tells the story about a master who gave uh, three servants bags of money. And he goes away and he says, I just want you to use these. And he comes back and he gives an account. And what he says to the servants who put it to work was, you know what? You've been faithful with a few things, and now I'm going to bless you with more. And, and so, in other words, there was this expectation that when God gives us these things, that, that, that we are going to bear some fruit with it. So that's, you know, that's a part of the deal too. Also, when I thought about it, you know, God also honors sacrifice. God honors sacrifice. Not only does God, you know, expect us to do what we can to help ourselves, but when, when we sacrifice, when we go above and beyond, um, you know what? God honors that. When we, when we do more than expected, when we have that and then some kind of attitude, uh, when we not only, uh, let's say, fill a role in a Sunday school class, but when we, when we get to know our students, when we take time to follow up, when we take time to pray for them, when we take time to extra prepare. You know, God blesses all that. In fact, I love, again, the scripture reference there from Mark 12, where if you remember the story, Jesus and his disciples are in the temple, and there's, uh, they're giving the offering. And there's a, a, a widow who puts in two pennies. And Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, do you see what she just did? You know, all these other people are giving out of their abundance, but this woman gave out of her poverty. She put in everything that she had. I just want you to think about that for a second. Here we are 2,000 years later still talking about a widow who put two pennies in an offering. Because God honors that kind of sacrifice. Does that make sense to you? So when we talk about, you know, when we talk about helping ourselves, we go, you know what? There is an expectation that we do our best and that we use what God has. But we have to be a little careful because in this helping of ourselves, it, it can lead us down a track that isn't quite so healthy. Um, this helping of ourselves can lead us to pride. You know, sometimes, it's, isn't it true? We forget where the blessing has come from. We forget that it's God who's the one who gave us the talent. It's God who gave us the gifts. It's God who has given us the opportunity. And if we're not careful, we can begin to believe that, you know what? This stuff's all about me. You know, I did all of this, you know? Kind of like King Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament. He says, you know, is this not Babylon that I have made with my hands, you know? And forgot that the blessing, now that, that really came from God. Um, it can also lead us to self-sufficiency. 
And, you know, sometimes when we get into this mode and we're all, you know, we're going to help ourselves and, you know, we're the ones who have to do this, it can get us to a mentality where we say, you know what, I don't, I don't need anyone else. But God created us for community. Look at me. God created us to need one another. And sometime in our self-sufficiency, um, we aren't able to receive from other people. Remember the story of Jesus when he washed the disciples' feet? And he got to Peter, and you remember what Peter said? You know, no, Lord, you know, I don't, I, will, I don't want you to wash my feet. You know, sometimes we can develop that kind of self-sufficiency. The other part, though, too, is that sometimes this helping ourselves leads us to uh, an insensitivity to other people. And stay with me on this. You see, sometimes when, you know, when we've worked really hard, when we've been diligent and we've, we've seen some fruitfulness of our hands and, and, and we're looking at that and we're, you know, we're a little, we're, we're happy, we're proud of what we've done. Sometimes that can lead us to thinking, you know what, other people who haven't done that, it must be because they're lazy. Or when we see someone who, you know, is out there, we think, you know what, they, you know, they, they, they've made bad choices. And, and sometimes it leads us to this insensitivity that we don't understand why people are where they are, but we pass judgment on them because of that. And that's some of the downside of it. Now, let me give you one piece that I, I want to I be loud and clear about today. God, yes, God blesses us when we help ourselves. God expects us to do our part. But here's the deal, gang. Throughout Scripture, what you're going to discover is that there is a special place in the heart of God for those of us who cannot help ourselves. There's a special place in the heart of God for those who cannot help themselves. And if we step back and we look at it, can we all agree? There are times on this journey for each and every one of us when we cannot help ourselves, and we need the help of God. Amen? Now, let's, let's just unpack that a little, a little bit together. You see, sometimes we need God's provision. Sometimes we, we need God's provision. There are times in life where we need God to help us because, you know what, we frankly don't have the ability to help ourselves. And sometimes we, we're in need and we've got to ask God to, to fill in the gap. In fact, if you go cover to cover in Scripture, you're going to find out what's close to the heart of God. Throw that Scripture up for, for me. Psalm 68, 5. Read this out loud. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. Now, why, why do widows and orphans have such a special place in the heart of God? Because they can't fend for themselves. God looks down upon and, and, and God's heart breaks and he expects our heart break. In fact, James picks this up in his, in his letter talking about, you know what, true religion is this, that, that you take care of widows and orphans, that you, that you do respond to these things because these things are close to the heart of God. When you and I are in need, we're close to the heart of God. He sees that. In fact, throw that next scripture up. I love this from the message, Psalm 34, 6. Read it out loud, gang. When I was desperate, I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. How many of you have ever been, been in that tight spot before? Yeah. You know, when I was working on this message this week, I, I was thinking back um, to especially my early married days when Wanda and I, after we got married, man, we had nothing. How many of you started out that way? We had nothing. I mean, we were living in Houston, and, and you know, even before Wanda got her job, I mean, it, now I look back upon that. I look back when I was growing up, 
And I look back on those times. My father, who you know, worked in a factory when he was on strike for a year and a half. And, uh, and I remember back then, you know, when just time and time again, my father talking about how God, God has provided enough food that we have a meal. You know, God has provided a little bit that we can get by. He provided a little bit enough money so we can have gas. And over and over again, we get into those places. You know what? That's close to the heart of God. And I say that because when we come in, sometimes we come in to places like this and, and it's hard for us to be able to admit, you know what? We need help. Now, I want to I be really clear with this. You do understand that that is one of the reasons why God gave us each other. You know, I know it's really hard for us to ask for help from one another. I know it's not easy for us to admit that we're in need, but you have to understand there's a reason why God said it's not good to be alone. There's a reason why in Ecclesiastes it says two are better than one and a cord of three strands is not easily broken. There's a reason why Paul said carry one another burden. God gave us each other for these times when we're in need. Amen? God does help us when we can't help ourselves, especially in times when we need provision. Um, I saw you, I don't know if you saw this in the news last month. You remember when the, um, the tornadoes last month went through uh, in Jefferson City, Missouri and all, and all that, and they had all that going on? There was a great story, and I thought, you know, this is a perfect example of a situation where there was a guy who, you know, wasn't able to help himself, and someone came alongside of him, and I just thought this is a beautiful, beautiful response to exactly how God wants us to respond to each other. Let's watch a short video. Play that for me, would you? This is the noise we know means take cover fast. When everybody kept telling me the storm's coming, you need to kind of hurry up and get home. Getting home isn't as easy for Gregory Beck. I lost my right leg last July. And his other one in March. Diabetes has also made him legally blind. I can't see out of my right eye and everything in my left eye is is mainly a fog. He says he was leaving Schnooks on St. Charles Rock Road in St. John Tuesday as the sirens were going off, getting honked and yelled at for trying to cross the street. He made it to this gas station when a car pulled up. This lady and uh, her son were, were hollering at me to, like, are you okay? I was like, hey, mom, can I help this guy out? Without a second thought, Seth jumped out of the car and went over to him. This video, Seth's mom, Amber, shot on her cell phone, shows him pushing Gregory to his home up the hill, about a quarter mile. But it does take me probably 20, 25 minutes if I do it by myself. I usually have to stop about 10 times. Seth's great-grandpa was also a double amputee, but that's not why this 16-year-old helped a stranger. We need to be caring for each other, and we need to be helping each other out. He certainly makes mom, and now this man he calls his friend, Proud. Just the greatest people, just very concerned about other people, which America needs to start doing more of. And that's exactly why God gave us each other. Amen. I picture, here it is, this guy trying to get home uh, in a wheelchair. People are honking at him, telling him to get out of the storm. You know, get out, get out of the street, get out of the storm. Well, that's really helpful, you know, especially when you're trying to go uphill in a wheelchair. And this young boy, 16 years old, stops to push him up the hill. That was God's provision for that man. And that's how we're to be. Amen? Sometimes we need God's deliverance. Sometimes we need God's deliverance. 
Okay, it's church, it's Sunday morning, great place to be honest and confess. How many of you be honest enough to admit there have been times in your life when you've had a, a habit or an addiction that you've just not been able to break on your own? Huh? Yeah, and that's what we need God's help with. You know, I was thinking about God, when there are those times when we can't help ourselves, um, I went back and I just thought about my own life, my own journey, and the times when I've just come to a place and said, Lord, I can't do this. I need, I need you. I, I just can't do this on my own. It reminded me back when I was in Phoenix and you know, Wanda and I were involved in the Celebrate Recovery program. And how many people I met that just talked about their life of addiction and the things that they got themselves caught in and they wanted, they, you know, they didn't want to be in this, but they didn't have the ability to break it on their own. And so they cried out to God. And you know what you find out? You find out God's arms are strong enough to break the chains that we can't break. In fact, I love, throw that psalm up on the screen for me. Psalm 18.2, read it with me, church. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. I love it. Throw the next one up. This is from Jesus in Matthew or in John 8, uh, 36. Read it with me. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Now, I want you to hear my heart with this, because whatever it is that you struggle with, I just need you to understand that that's, it's common to all people. You know, we often talk about addictions as if addictions are something that are out there. Can we just be honest? It's not. Addictions that are something that are everywhere. It's right here in this room. Those of us who are here, many of us struggle with things. We, we feel guilty about it. We feel miserable about it, but we've not been able to break it. And sometimes it comes to a place where we have to get honest and say, Lord, I cannot help myself. I've tried, but I can't do this. I need you to do for me what I can't do for myself. And I promise you, I've sat with a number of people who had addictions. They never thought they've been of some who have been addicted for 30 to 40 years and found that God is still able to set them free. Um, I saw a, 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 a a story about a church uh, in Indiana, it was the first church in Wheatland, Indiana, um, that began a ministry to the local um, county jail, Jasper County Jail. And they began to discover out of this partnership with the jail that taking the gospel into the jail was making a difference in this county jail. And the uh, guards and uh, the administrators at the jail were talking about how uh, after they began holding these services and beginning to see uh, men and women's lives changed, how they began to experience. They said this place used to be so noisy and chaotic, and now it's just much more peaceful. And they began to talk about the impact that it had uh, on prisoners and the way they interacted with each other and the way that they interacted uh, with, with, the, with the guards. Um, throw that picture up on the screen. Uh, this is um, just a, a shot from one of the worship services they had there at Jasper County Jail. And they began to just talk about just the impact on these. Throw that next picture up, would you? Um, this is Anthony Gann. Uh, it was really great uh, in the story. Uh, Anthony Gann uh, is a, a guy who's been busted a number of times for, uh, for drug possession and drug distribution. And Anthony gave his heart to Christ. And they began to do mentoring work with him. And he gets out in September. And in, in this story, Anthony was talking about this, the work that God has done in his heart and life and how, again, he can't wait to get out and be a part of this church that's come into where he is. But what's really cool, if you pull the story up and go, you, you can see a, a video clip of Anthony, who is now the worship leader at the, at the jail. And he's singing this song, um, My Chains Are Gone. 
I've been set free. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture uh, of the work that God has done there. In fact, they, had a, they showed it at their church uh, in May this, this last month. They showed a little video clip on the, of, of the day. They had a baptism there when nine people at the jail were baptized. And you can hear the pastors uh, talking in the background, but it's just a beautiful clip. Let's play, play that short video clip for me, would you please? So many new Christians in our midst have left the slavery of their Egypt. And you've turned from sin to, to, to follow Jesus. But now you're in the middle of the desert and you're wondering where God is. And, and you feel like he abandoned you. And I think it's so tempting when you're deep in the process in the middle of the desert to want to go back. But don't quit. Don't forget about the miracles. Remember when he split your Red Sea so you could walk through it. Remember the moment when he brought you from death to life. Remember the moment he called you and anointed and appointed you. Remember his presence and power in times in the desert. There is pain, and it might take a while, but we can't handle the promises without the process. And all God's people said, amen, amen. And if God can do that for them, I promise you, when you can't help yourself, he can break your chains as well when we need him for that deliverance. There's another time that that hit me. Um, Sometimes we need God's intervention. We need God's intervention. (laughs) How many of you have ever tried to change someone who didn't want to be changed? and found that that's a futile exercise. Um, you know, along the way, I've, I've done a lot of that through the years, and it was one of those realizations that I had to come to that, you know what, um, we can't change anybody. Uh, I can't change someone's mind. I can't change their heart. In fact, what I've discovered is the harder that I push people and the harder that I chase people, the further away that I drive them. And what I've discovered is that there are times in our lives where there are people and there are situations that we just simply have to put into the hands of God because God can do that which we cannot do. Sometimes it's at work in situations we have absolutely no power over. Sometimes it's dealing with people whose lives are a mess and and we're really concerned for them. And and at times we just have to go and say, you know what, I, I need you to do this because I can't do this, God. Um, I love, there's one of my favorite stories is in Exodus chapter 3, what's the story of Moses when he sees the burning bush and God begins to speak to him. And if you remember the story, uh, out of that burning bush, God tells Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt where you're a wanted man and I want you to walk into the court of the most powerful king on earth and I want you to tell him to let my people go. Well, Moses is like, God, you know, who am I? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, who am I that I can do this? And God has a great response to him. You're nobody. This is not about you. Um, you're you, you're, you're going to go back. You tell them I am sent you. And then as God sends Moses back, I, I just love what he says to him. Throw that up on the screen. He says, read it with me, church. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. Now, what I want you to understand is that when we, when we look back on that and we see how the people of, of God were set free from Egypt and they made their way to the promised land, you have to understand that had nothing to do with Moses. Moses couldn't change the heart of a king. Moses couldn't free those people. That took the hand of God. 
And the same for us, because I guarantee you, there are a lot of us in this room today, and we've got situations, and those situations are outside of our control. We have people in our lives, and those people are outside of our control. And sometimes, we just have to come to a place where we say, God, I cannot help myself. I need you to help them. I need you to touch their minds because I can't touch their minds. I need you to touch their hearts because I can't touch their I need you to set them free because I cannot set them free. Now, Acts chapter 12, there's a beautiful story you need to go back and read sometime. It's a story of Peter when he was doing ministry, and he got arrested, and he got thrown in prison. And, you know, the people were all disheartened because of what happened. But Peter, when he got taken to jail, I want you to look at the response of the passage. In Acts chapter 12, verse 5, so Peter, read it with me. So Peter was kept in prison but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Now, this is so key. The people who loved Peter, they couldn't get him out of prison. They couldn't tear down those prison walls. They couldn't overcome the, the armies that were guarding there. They, they couldn't reach in and just magically snatch him out. They couldn't do any of that. So what did they do? I, I read it to you. What did they do? They prayed. Yeah, it's not a trick question. They prayed. But if you read the story, guess what? God responded to their prayers, and he got Peter out of prison. So here's what I want you to understand. Just because you can't control those individuals, just because you can't fix those situations, that doesn't mean that they're hopeless or the situation is hopeless. Because our God is filled with hope, and our God is filled with power, And our God is a God who helps those of us who cannot help ourselves. And he intervenes. Amen. Let me give you one more. Sometimes we need God's grace. Sometimes we need God's grace. Again, when I was processing uh, this whole idea of being able to or not able to help myself, I was thinking about, well, what else can I not do for myself that I need God to do? And you know what? I need God to forgive me. I can't forgive my own sins. I can't wash my soul clean and make it right before God. Uh, I, I can't undo the stuff in my life that's been done. But you know what the Bible says? If we confess our sins, there is a God who is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and who can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is a God who can remove that guilt, remove that shame. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, or how long you've been there, there's a God who is able to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Though the passage from Isaiah, I love this, taken from the Living Bible. Come now, let's talk this over, says the Lord. No matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can take it out and make it as clean as freshly fallen snow. Read it with me. Even if you are stained red as crimson, I can make you white as wool. Whenever you and I come to the end of our rope and think, you know what, there's, there's no hope for me, you know what, there is Because there's a God who can help those of us who can't help ourselves. And he hears our cries. He hears our cries. I have a a friend back east. Name is Dick Moe. And um, Dick 
posted a story uh, on Facebook a few weeks ago that just really touched my heart and uh, just a great example of what I'm talking about today. Dick said, as I was making my rounds through a subdivision in Cumming, Georgia yesterday, I drove by a fellow and I waved at him and then I just drove on and I looked up and he was waving for me to stop. And I thought, oh no, what's this? <laughs> what's going on now? And he said, a man came up to my window and he said, Dick Mo, do you remember me? And I looked at him and he said, do you remember Bill Copeland and Mark Willett? And of course I remembered them, Dick said, because they were two of my best builders. He said, well, I used to work for them in Walton County. Then what followed was a story that touched my heart. He told me that when the housing market collapsed in 2006, he lost his job and he was not able to find another job. He had to sell his house and he had to move into a double wide. He came home one night and his wife of 22 years had moved out and left him. He ended up living in his car for seven months. He said he became so discouraged that he took up drinking to drown his troubles. One day, he had gone as far as he could go. So he drove to the Baptist church in between Georgia, where his mom and dad are buried. And he sat in the car talking to them and telling them how sorry he was for what he was about to do. And then he pulled his car up to face the church, and he told God... I'll be seeing you soon. Then he said, I pulled out my gun. And I was ready to end it all. He said that he started to cry. And he said, you'll never believe what happened next. He said, my phone rang. He said, I had $2 in credit left on this phone. He said, I put the gun down and I, I answered it. And the voice at the other end said, hey, man, this is Dan. Dan is someone I hadn't talked to in 10 years. How have you been, he asked. And he told Dan what was going on, and he just poured out his heart and told him where he was at. And Dan said, you have to come to my house right now so we can talk. He said, I, I don't have much gas, but I'll, but I'll do my best to get there. And he said, I drove over there, and he said, I ran out of gas in Dan's driveway. He said, I, Dan invited me to, to move in with him, and I went on to help him remodel his house, and then I found a job as a superintendent for SR Homes. And then the man told me, Dick said, don't tell me there is no God. He was in that phone call. Dick said, we both began to cry. And he said, and I'm sure that anybody driving by was saying to themselves, what's up with those two old geezers crying like babies? He said, I'll tell you what's up. Two old guys who were coming to the realization that God is alive and well. Amen. God helps us when we can't help ourselves. Because that's his heart. Amen. Rachel, why don't you go ahead and come on up. And I'm going to invite my prayer partners, if you guys would go ahead and come on up as well. This morning, uh, where do you need God to meet you? What need maybe do you have in your life that you need the help of God this morning? You know, God, God's 
thankful and he blesses you when you work hard and you do well and you're diligent and you're fruitful. But you need to know how much God loves you. Because in those times when you've done all you can do and it's still not enough, he helps those who can't help themselves. Maybe some of us need God's provision today. Maybe we're just kind of at the end of things and maybe nobody even knows, but man, God, I need you to, I need your help. We're not going to make it if, if you don't intervene. And maybe that's your prayer today. There may be some of us that, you know what, we need God's deliverance. Maybe there's a habit that you've been struggling with, something that you need set free from this morning, and you just need to say, God, I can't break these chains. I need you to break them. There may be some of you who came in this morning, and your heart's just so heavy because there, there's someone in your life that you've, you, you so desperately want to change, but you can't change them. And maybe there's some of us who just need to come and put them in the hands of God and say, Lord, I, I can't help them. I can't change them. I can't change their heart. I need you to do what I can't do. And maybe there are some of us this morning, we just need God's grace. Maybe our life hasn't been where it should have been. Maybe we have some things that we just need to own up to with God and just allow him to cleanse that from our heart. Maybe some of us have just come to places of desperation like the guy, that, Dick's friend, that he talked about in the story. And we just need to say, God, I don't have anywhere to go. And I don't know what else to do. Look at me. God helps those. God loves those. God came for those of us who cannot help ourselves. Rachel's going to lead us in, a, in a, just a beautiful song. And uh, as she does that, I want to just invite you in these next few moments just to lean into the Lord uh, in your own way. You can pray right where you are, right where you're seated, if you want to do that. Uh, there may be some of you who want to put your prayer request on the prayer card and hang it on the prayer wall. You feel free to do that. There may be some of you who want to slip out and come and kneel by yourself at an altar and just have a moment with God. You can do that. We also have prayer partners here at the front who would count it a privilege to pray with you. Uh, Whatever is going on in your life, whatever need that you might have, uh, they would count it a privilege just to pray with you about that and ask God to meet you at your point of need. If you would like to pray with one of them while we sing this song, you feel free to slip out, come up. They would be happy to do that right here at the front. Let's take these next few moments and let's lean into the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful this morning um, that you're a God who not only helps those who can help themselves, but Lord, we're so grateful that you're a God who helps those of us who cannot help ourselves. Because there are so many times and so many ways, Lord, that our lives are simply in your hands. And Father, you heard the prayers of your people this morning. You know those who need your provision today. And uh, Father, we just ask that you would be there, Jehovah Jireh. That you would be that God who provides for them. We pray for those, Lord, who are praying for deliverance this morning. Who are asking you to break the chains that are on their life and you know exactly what they are, Lord, and we can't break them, but you are able. And we believe that when the Son of Man sets us free, we're free indeed. Lord, I pray for those this morning who are praying prayers of intervention. We have people in our life that, God, we are so concerned about, situations that we feel hopeless and helpless. And God, we have nothing we can do. And so we put it in your hands believing that your arms are long enough and your power great enough to work in places where we cannot reach. And 
And Father, how grateful we are for your grace today. How grateful we are that when we confess our sin before you, when we confess our need before you, that you wash it away by your mercy and your love. Father, I pray today maybe for those of us who have just kind of come to the end of our rope and we're just hanging on like the man in our story today. You see us right where we are and you love us more than we could possibly imagine. And my prayer today, Lord, is that you would wrap your arms around them just like you wrapped them around this man, that you would show them that you see their need and that you hear their prayer and that you are on your way right now to meet them right where they are. Father, how thankful we are today that you never give up on us. Help us to never give up on you. In your precious name we pray today. And everyone said, amen. Amen.